Welcome to the Conscious Lifestyle Living Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Amanda. And this is the place where we explore the endless possibilities of our divinity through the experience of our humanity. Join us as we laugh, cry, and show our human side while we practice the embodiment of our divine potential. Okay, we're back for another podcast. We're back, and I'm actually super excited for this one. Yeah, this um, one's a good one. As I was driving over to the office slash studio today, I was actually like tearing up at the thought of it, mainly because we have some visitors. You guys, we have our dads in this recording studio today. Yep, we're here. <laughs> yes. Dad, you here? I'm here. Okay. Perfect. I just got kind of excited that we got to hang out with our dads in the same room together mm-hmm. this morning. Yep. So, you guys, thank you for being here. We're glad to be here. I guess. You a little nervous? We don't know. I'm not nervous at all, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know ner- what really to expect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't told to bring a filter, so. This is so perfect. That's probably why I'm nervous. <laughs> because my dad didn't bring a filter. We're going to find out some things so, about Amanda. Yeah, so. Um, dad, you don't tell me stories about me. Just kidding. <laughs> So I just want to introduce my dad. So this is my dad. Dad, say hi so they know that it's your voice. Hi. So his name is Vince, and he's awesome, not just because he said yes to coming and recording. Um, you know, just a short little background on my dad. So technically, this is my stepdad, um, but he has been dad from the time I was just little, 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 little. Um, he started dating my mom. How old? I was, what, three when you started dating mom? Well, we got married when you were three. When I was three? Uh, Okay. So he married my mom, and the day he married my mom, he got me too, as well as a slew of other siblings, and he, you guys, he chose us. (laughs) That's that's really cool. I think that's the part that, like, gets me. That was the part, the driving over, that was, like, getting me was that um, he was this young guy who married a chick who had a whole bunch of kids. (laughs) And, uh... He didn't just love her. He loved me from the beginning and has just taken on the role of dad and has rocked the role, even though sometimes I didn't like him. <laughs> it's fine, though. Sometimes. You didn't always like me, though, right? No, there were times. When, <laughs> when that little vein really started coming out in the top of your forehead, yeah, we, we knew. It's like, watch out. Here comes, exactly. here comes Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and my dad, he... I mean, he's he works in like the trucking industry. Um, you guys, he's one of the people that like keeps America going. Um, mm, some yes. of those like unsung heroes that are out doing stuff to make it so that those of us that are here at home or work in an office or whatever um, can enjoy the comforts of life while he's out in the fields of Texas with hanging out with the rattlesnakes. So I'm really grateful that he's here. We caught him at a window that he could. Join us. Holland crude oil. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Holland oil. (laughs) But I've been in middle management too, and I hated it. (laughs) Babysitting 200 drivers, three different phones. One stopped at 11 p.m. The other one started at 4 a.m. It it was brutal. Oh, man. I go, it was a wasted 10 years of my life. (laughs) So so he, he likes being with himself. I do. I'm not a people person. Okay, honestly, like I would never have guessed that. Like, because you seem very, very sociable. Every time I've had an experience with you, definitely. So, but thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So my dad is here. You guys, I have to say, um, I think in any parent-child relationship, maybe you have one parent you get along better with, and oh, one that you have things. You guys, my dad's my favorite. I remember when I was growing up, divorce wasn't a big thing, but some people were kind of starting to divorce. And I looked at my mom. I was like, Mom, just so you know, if you and dad get divorced, I'm going with dad. <laughs> so I definitely, I, my dad has been, uh, he's an amazing man. He has taught me so much. Oh my gosh, I get a little teary. <laughs> a little bit. Right, right. He, through example, um, just... My dad is like a truth seeker. He's someone who has always been like a deep thinker. And that is something I've been super grateful for because it's definitely helped me to develop who I am and my views on the world. And he's always given me such free reign to be able to go out and discover and to study and to learn because that was something that he showed by example. So super grateful for him. My dad has the biggest heart ever. He's the type who will give you the shirt off his back, even if he's not wearing one. And, um, 
Most of the time, I do wear a shirt. <laughs> yes, I'm sure yeah, that's just a good thing. For everybody's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my dad, he's in construction. He is um, builds beautiful homes. He's been doing it for the last 40 plus years, right? Uh, let me think. Yeah, a little more maybe. Well, yeah, a little more. Yeah, he builds a beautiful, beautiful custom homes. Um, it's fun to watch what he's able to do and create with his hands. And it's cool to watch like the ideas in his head and then him be able to go out and create beautiful things. So thanks for being here, Dad. I'm glad to be here. Perfect. Okay, so we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit like what, what, what it's like to like father-daughter relationships, raising daughters, challenges blessings it was kind of funny you guys obviously you know me and amanda are definitely into like spiritual things woo woo stuff <laughs> before we got on before we even hit the record button <laughs> vince is over here saying like are we have to talk about this woo woo stuff my dad pop- pops in what's woo woo <laughs> yeah, i still want to know what is <laughs> dad do you want to define that i don't know if i can <laughs> yeah and because i've been there and it still kind of goes over my head man so definitely what has it been like okay so having daughters who definitely start to dive into maybe areas of study starting to take life into some different directions because like woo woo maybe we should define that first for let's define woo woo I'd, yeah, I'd say. Would you say that you are woo woo? You guys are. Yeah, woo-woo? I well, I I I wear that badge and I wear that badge proud. <laughs> I I would say that for me the the definition of woo woo, um, it's uh, I guess some of it is like thinking outside of the box, like a spirituality type path where you're open to lots of different ideas and concepts. Um, you know, people that love energy work and crystals and um bulletproof coffee and (laughs) i love that bulletproof coffee is now woo woo (laughs) i I just i coined it as woo woo um i i i guess that's kind of like my definition yeah probably more like on the alternative more into the energetics more into okay like you know quantum physics or what are the things that are out there that you can't see yeah but maybe not on the science-y, like, virus stuff, because I guess you can't see those either. <laughs> I brought my slide rule if we're going to do quantum physics, too. So. <laughs> you know, and, and on that note, can I just jump right in? And mm-hmm. No. No, okay. you can't. I, go. You know, go, Dad. Go. So, Amanda, you know, she, she wasn't going to church, and, and, and then she was always out busy doing stuff out in nature and stuff, and her mom and I were a little concerned, so... We, we thought, is she getting into a cult? <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll, I'll go in and check it out undercover. So I enrolled in one of the classes. And I think it was like uh, December the 6th of, uh, 6th or the 8th of 17. And I enrolled in this class. Um, we did we did medicine wheel. We together. did medicine wheel. Yeah. It was uh, the Carol. Uh huh. The lineage of the Carol. People. That's right. And uh, I was just going in to make sure she wasn't in a cult. <laughs> um, who graduates with their shaman diploma? <laughs> you did, Dad. You did. <laughs> I did. So I guess I'm woo woo too. There you go. See, You're jumping. In. Wow, I did. I awesome. went through the mm-hmm. whole thing with Michelle and Amanda. Yeah. It was, it was super fun. It was super, super was. fun. Okay, so what was it like, Case okay, so raising daughters? Like, what is it like as a parent? And I say this because I am a mom dog. I have pretty much zero expectations for my children besides please don't pee on the carpet and let's try not to bark so much. My older dog didn't even learn that one very well. But <laughs> what is it like raising daughters? Is it like, do you have expectations for them? Or is it like, oh, or how is it like raising... Raising girls versus raising boys. Yeah, raising girls versus boys. Like, how is the difference? Because you guys have both had... You have each of them. I mean, I'm my dad's favorite daughter. I happen to be the only one, so that's cool too, but... <laughs> What's it like, the difference between, like, raising a daughter and raising a son? Um, you know, I, I never really thought of it as different, really. I just, uh, I'm sure it was different, but yet, but as you raise, as you're a parent, you, 
I think probably one of the biggest things that you have to do is adapt, right? To adapt to different situations. Because not only do you have, you know, the difference between male and female, you also have the difference of just who they are, really, and how they and, and and what they'll, you know, and and how they respond. I mean, you're you're like you're a lot different than <laughs> other uh, other uh, people in general. <laughs> well, just very headstrong, and you decide you're going to do something. It's hard to talk you out of it. If even if we can think like I don't know if this is a great the greatest idea, but uh, so I I think as we I think we 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 were learning how to be parents too, right? You know, mm-hmm. and I think probably the first you probably fell in the category of we were a little tougher on you and wanted you to to do certain things a certain way. Yeah. And and then as you know, maybe Andrew, you guys, are, he's our third, he's our third, which is a boy and. Everyone thinks he got away with everything, you know, because we thought, hey, you know, it's, you know, it didn't, doesn't really pay to be so strict, you know, and, and maybe that's not the way we want to be anyway. So I think we, we, we just, and, and, and uh, your mom and I just decided that, hey, we were going to create opportunities for you. I think so. You had a pretty, you had a pretty open, we were I guess we were strict in a way, but in, in another way, we weren't that strict. No, I definitely think you guys had a very, very good balance. And I guess that's one of the things, too. It's like kind of taking into account, like, yeah, I think sometimes as kids, we can go back and like a lot of times, especially in the fields that me and Amanda work on, there's a lot of stuff like, oh, childhood trauma. Oh, my goodness. You know, parents did this. But I think sometimes like as you get older and from what I hear from my friends that do have kids like I have no clue what I did that means my parents had no clue I think sometimes too when people are dealing with maybe healing from like traumas that happened like it's not because oh my gosh my parents hated me and they were literally trying to think of the most horrible things they could do to like ruin my life but like I think that's a really good point bringing up the fact it's like you guys were learning how to be parents at the same time and maybe that's like okay hey Maybe we're a little bit stricter, realizing that didn't work, and starting to adjust. Because I think that's kind of like a good thing to pay attention to, to the fact that it's like, I mean, I remember that was one of the big things that I came into realization where when I was on my path of just like doing some personal healing and trying to figure out what was going on in here and why I had so much angst inside my soul. And I remember it came to one point, and this wasn't actually specifically to you, because like I said, me and my mom had a little bit more of a... um, back and forth relationship and my dad just had to mediate lots of those conversations but I remember there came a point in time I was like I was sitting in reflection I was thinking like oh my gosh like why would my mom do something we just had a conversation she said something that totally hurt my feelings and I sat there I kind of just had this like revelation come in I was like Michelle she's just trying to love you and in her mind love is if she can make your life look a certain way that she thinks is going to be happiest that's what's like she's just trying to love you and yes that's not how it's coming across to you but it's just her way of being able to show you know like oh man I love you and I want you to be happy and so but if your life looks like that way that's what I think would be happiness for you even if that's not what it looked like for me and so I can't even imagine though like having to figure this out as parents trying to be like okay every kid comes with like such different personalities and like being headstrong I think we're probably both that way <laughs> and trying to figure out how to like deal with that especially as a parent trying to raise a child like I'm sure how is it like as you were coming through okay dealing with like headstrong girls how would Wait, you Dad, would you define me as headstrong oh yeah oh. <laughs> man I was like maybe I wasn't that oh, way long, I thought I was the peacemaker in the family that was your biggest problem Always trying to make peace. And I think you finally come to... When you would come to me... Okay, Michelle. We played Barbies. She would always come to me. This is, I told you he was so cool, right? I, I think uh, this is probably where she got a lot of it. Uh, she wanted to play Barbies. And then it turned into WWF with me with the Barbies. And then she'd had enough. So. But yeah, no. Uh, she always wanted to be the peacemaker. And I think that was a, the biggest struggle in her life. She had to figure that out. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be nice. Right. And that was her favorite term. No one's not being very nice to me when she was growing up. Totally. No one's not being very nice. You yep. can hear a little three-year-old, five-year-old. No one's not being very nice to me. Yeah. I can hear that. Okay, so, and how was that, like, how did you parent that? I mean, I have my perspective of how you parented that, but, like, for you, cause, because each of us kids, so like I said, you guys, my, my dad stepped in and married my mom and grabbed onto all of us kids and raised all of us kids. So 
when he married my mom, there was a teenager. My older sister was a teenager. Um, there was my brother, Brian, and he was, he would have been five, five. if I was three. And then there was me, who was a three-year-old. Um, and so he got to like <laughs> step in and be a parent overnight. So how, how was that for you? And how did you parent differently or did you parent differently? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, going back to what Michelle was talking about as opposed, uh, you know, boys versus girls, a boy, you could resolve some issues. Let's go throw a ball because you had something really in common. But a girl, I looked at her like a ball sitting there and there's no handle. I don't know how to pick it up. Mm. And I knew this from an early age um, because your sister was running the emotions everywhere. Bless her heart. Um, you know, I, I've always been one. I'm no mechanic. And they come with instructions, but there are no instructions on a woman. And I thought, I ain't messing with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, just mom and I have almost been married 34 years. Yeah. And it, I think it was maybe a year ago she was saying something. And I said, oh, time out, time out. I said, are you telling me this so I have to figure it out or are you just venting? She just looked at me and said, I'm venting. A guy is supposed to listen and fix things and jump in and interject. This is how you do. That's not what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. It's taken and, a while. So, and, well, okay. So you're saying like it took you 34 years. And my experience was that you guys from before my mom and dad even got married, I would go climb up on his lap in church, right? Like my, my biological dad was actually still alive at the time. We were all members of the same congregation and I would go climb up on my Vince's lap. I'm trying to keep the stories, you know, easy to follow. As a little girl, I'd go climb up on his lap and I'd just be like, you're going to love me. You will love me. <laughs> and that didn't change. That didn't change for me when they got married. It was like, oh, you just got home from a, a long, you know, week of hauling, um, driving endless hours and you're tired and you want some space. Oh, what's personal space? Hey, I'm just going to climb up on your lap and you're going to love me. And, and so for me, it was like, I, I did feel like, you know, and even as a teenager, I felt like I could still say things and you didn't really say a lot back, which I actually appreciated, but now I'm coming to recognize this because you didn't know what to say, maybe? <laughs> no, no, because I, I thought about it first and I thought how hurtful it could be to vocalize what was coming through. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about energy really back then. See, but you guys, know what? he's woo-woo. Bite your <laughs> tongue, you know? Yeah. It, it's only going to hurt me and not somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, that would make sense. Dad, what would you say? What would be one of the biggest challenges raising a girl? Um, or me specifically? <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess it's, it, I, I look at it differently, and I may be different than a lot of other people because I don't, I don't necessarily, oh, it's a challenge. This is something you have to get through it's just like and you're saying you don't really uh, I remember like mom and you would kind of go at it and I was out I was in Michigan doing a, a, a project and they were you guys this was only like five years ago so like let's be really real about right how old in, I was they were, they were <laughs> in the middle of the argument but they wanted to call and get me to like officiate and I would sit there and like okay why do you, you know and we started to talk ask you a few questions and then they would just start going at it right on the phone and I don't know if they knew it. I would just put the phone down and go to work. <laughs> and, then, and then I came back 10 minutes later, okay, I listened to what they were saying. And so I think sometimes, sometimes you have, um, sometimes, sometimes like, like what you said, man, sometimes the challenge is not getting so involved. Coming at it from your perspective, you're going to have to step back just a little bit and kind of like, like kind of see what's, you know, make an assess, not only make assessment, you kind of think, okay, what's really going on? And then deal it from that perspective, as compared to you know the actual emotions that first come first come up. And so mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I I can remember this. Michelle just wanted to do stuff, and she didn't like you know she wanted to become a cheerleader, and so we went through this big cheerleader type of thing. We actually even switched schools because we the school she was with. And but but I think with parents, I think you I think you just need to get involved with what your kids are actually. That's what we did. We just got involved with our kids, you know, for Blake or it was sports or it was, you know. Blake's my older brother. Blake, yeah, our oldest. And then, you know, it, 
and we would just get involved in what they would. Michelle was horses. She she and it, mm -hmm. it and I mm -hmm. learned that to own a horse is not is the biggest way to lose money fast. You know, it's like Dad, that. do you do you have anything to say <laughs> oh. about about that? Oh, oh. multiple horses. <laughs> well. Because that, oh. that'll make your funny go down, money go down even more. Because girls love horses. Oh, for sure. But, well, that, but that's the important thing. The important thing is, is that it, what it did to them, right? It was yeah. like, it, owning the horse was, mm -hmm. and 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 Michelle got the chance to actually compete and get at a higher higher level. She actually could care for the horse, and she did things. You know, take these big, huge animals. You see this little girl, you know, picking up the foot, putting it in the hot water buckets. You know. Cleaning the horse, taking care of it, getting up early in the morning, you know, to to get the horse ready when she was going to ride or compete, and those are the things that I mean, you're not. It, it's not a money thing, really. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it, it's you're you're trying to. And I think that's the thing. The opportunity to get them to have the experience is is something that you know. It's just the money isn't the big thing. You just do what you have to, right? That's what we well, did. And I think that's like a really good thing that you brought up is the fact that like, and it sounds like you guys did the same thing. It's like you guys got really involved with what we loved. And it's not like you loved horses so much, but it was like whatever it was, you got totally and completely involved in it. And I think that's one of the things that I noticed because one of the things, especially like guys, if you've worked with horses or you've done with horses, it's a lot. There is so much maintenance. It's like feeding, cleaning, exercising, driving. There was a lot. And I remember like looking at it, like I look back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I'd want to sacrifice as much as my parents did. Like they must have really loved me because that was a lot. I remember there was one, like one thing that I definitely have to commend you for dad is that because one of the times too is like my parents, like they, I had to work. It wasn't like, Oh, here, here's the money to go do it. And I remember I used to be so mad when I was little. Oh, I used to be so mad being like, oh, but my friends just like, their parents just give them the money and they just like do this. And I'm having to, because for me to do horses, like I had to go muck stalls. I had to put my effort in to have it. And I'd see the other girls at the barn and they'd just show up and, you know, their parents were like tacking their horse sometimes. And I was just like, oh man. But there's one experience that I actually still to this day, to tell because it's it was one of the most impactful experiences growing up but i remember one of the things i had to do was i had to muck stalls um to pay for my lessons and to earn my own money and i was probably like 12 yeah i think i was like about around like 12 and i remember it was such hard work and i remember one day i was just kind of a little bit like just kind of like teary-eyed like like this little girl i gotta go to work like i gotta go muck these stalls and it was hard and i remember my dad saw me he's like hey you know what I'm going to come help you. And he came out there and he was right alongside me, mucking those stalls, like doing the whole work. You guys, I got paid 30 cents a stall. My dad made way more money doing what he did. It would have been way easier for him to be like, hey, here's the money. Like, look, we'll, we'll just give you the money this day. But it's like to this day, it's like, I remember have, there, there was something about the fact that my dad got right into my world, right alongside of me, helping me muck these stalls and when I look back at the time I was like oh yeah you know it's just we need to do I didn't I didn't realize the impact of what it was I didn't even know because at me at 11 12 I didn't really quite understand I knew money worked but I didn't understand that like my dad could make way more yeah, money doing more this than <laughs> <laughs> but like I remember that that whole thought that was like you were showing me by example in my world doing that and I think that's like an amazing thing that both of you guys were able to do is just to get right in to help us learn because I also realize that that's not something that every parent does and so I know for me personally like being super grateful how did you guys even know to do that though to like jump in our world and actually and teaching us to work with the things that we loved like that's a pretty amazing thing that is amazing may <laughs> uh, I don't know yet that well I think that's it's just probably part of your nature, right? I mean, to be that way, to to be involved in the people you love's life, and uh, and uh, kind of that's what I would think. Yeah. I mean, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Uh, Amanda had friends just like you, given everything, the outfits, everything, brand new tack, and everything. She had to work for everything. Mm -hmm. And I would tell her that I am not raising a princess. They are a dime a dozen. Mm. And she would just look at me. Oh, I was so <laughs> I, mad. That was so mad. Isn't it so funny? Like, I'm so grateful for these experiences as an older, but I remember being a kid and I was like, ugh, why 
they get this? Why do I have to do chores? Why do I have to earn this? Well, and I can remember, so I loved horses. By the time, coming out of the womb, I liked horses. We, I watched My Little Pony endlessly and wanted a horse so, so, so bad. And the friends around me, their parents were buying them horses and, and you know, I'd get to go ride their horses, but dang it, I just like wanted my own. And I can remember I was begging another, another time of begging. Um, and I remember my dad telling me, if you want a horse, you got to be able to take care of it. I'm not going to saddle it for you. And so as soon as you can do that, we'll have this discussion. Oh, and you guys, Amanda rode Western. I did the yeah. English where my saddle weighs like five pounds at the most. Have you ever picked up a Western saddle? <laughs> I picked up one the other day and I could barely do it. I don't even know how a little girl would do that. That's impressive. <laughs> right? And so it, it was something. So, and I have like a competitive nature. And I think that's one of the things that my dad knew about me, like um, whether instinctual or or what but like he would kind of call forth like the competitive like he would call who he would call me to rise every single time it mm. didn't matter if it was because of bullies in middle school and high school it didn't matter if it was because i was struggling with um a, a subject in school it didn't matter if it had to do with the horses and the arena and rodeoing like or basketball like it didn't matter whenever i was like wallowing in my stuff my dad would love me, but he was always the one that was like, now come on. Yeah. Right? And so even down to when I was begging for this horse, he, they could have bought me one. They totally could have bought me one. And instead he told me, like, as soon as you can do it yourself, because cause guys, just for disclaimer, my dad dislikes horses. <laughs> <laughs> Not his thing. And and he said, as soon as, soon as you can do these things, we'll have the conversation. And I used a, a friend's horse that was actually at our house, got two milk crates, stacked those on top of each other, and I figured out, I figured it out, I figured out how to do it. And I was like, I did it, I did it, now we get to have the conversation. And instead of him being like, okay, now here's another thing you have to do, they actually like met me and we had a conversation, and I think within probably a year, less than a year, we had two horses in our pasture. Mm. And, and so it was like, it wasn't, that's like the one thing I love about my dad. And also really, that was probably the thing that made me the most mad though, too, as a little girl is that he didn't, he loved me, but he also was calling me forward when I really just wanted to wallow and I wanted him to save me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things looking back, like for me, because my dad was teaching me how to work. That's something that I I was able to take in when I, like, when world happened, I all of a sudden, like, start to get older and, like, life starts coming at me. That was something that was instinctually a part of who I was. I'm like, oh, I know how to work and I know that I can figure that out. And it's like kind of like the same thing. It's like your dad taught you how to figure it out. And I think that's one of, like, the most amazing things, like, I'm grateful for because I could watch. I always, I've always had this inquisitive mind. I'm always like... Why does this person? I used to be like, why does this work, or why? Why does this woman marry this type of man, or why do like why? I always wanted to know why the world works, and so I was always paying attention to things. And it's been interesting as I've gotten older and seeing some of my friends. I watched the ones like for me, like I had to work, I had to figure things out, or other people where it was as kids handing them everything that they could possibly get. When it got harder, and when you're an adult, and it's no longer like your parents can like manage your life or they're going to take care of everything you can see the difference it was like oh the ones who know how to work and that they're able to be capable to handle hard things fared way better the ones that didn't it was like oh my gosh it's like they're going through job after job relationship after relationship it's like the second something got hard they were taught from a young age oh no just don't do it it's okay you don't need to do this but then they've taken that attitude like on later on in life and I think it's so cool that you guys, however you guys figured out how to do it, being able to teach both of us. And it's funny, it was kind of both through horses. Like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> we didn't know each other back then. Um, but taking the things that we loved and getting really involved in your kids' world, because like I also realized like, the sacrifice of that. The fact that you didn't even like horses, you know? And I don't even know, Dad, if you liked horses or you didn't, but it was like you still showed up and there was a lot of things that you guys sacrificed. Mm-hmm in order to help teach us these really amazing things. And it's like, I know 
like it is like you look at that as like maybe as a child like and we hated it I, I can't even imagine like in your mind you're thinking you have these things you're trying to teach your like kids cleaning out the barn we're mad and we're mad you I know like it. and it's just like okay and you can tell like yeah we're, and i'm gonna try to teach my kids something like i think that's a really amazing thing as a parent to be able to do still doing the right thing even though your kids are mad and you're like <laughs> I'd be like, you little punk, you want to know what I'm sacrificing right now? You want to know what else I could have been doing? I got like 10 other things I'd rather be doing. But the fact that you would like be willing to sacrifice that much in order to teach, I think is a really, really. Vince, did you think that? Um, did you, did did you think I was a little mind? punk? Because I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if we had to figure it out for my own personal experience. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to teach my child. It's almost like instinctively you... Um, you you live your life a certain way, and you probably treated most people that way. It's like, hey, if you want something, you kind of have to you kind of have to spend some time with it, right? And and so you just naturally did that with your children, right? You was like, hey, honey, you know, it's like there's probably times you got stuff you shouldn't have got. Oh, you know, th- for, for me, sure. For me, I know. I, d- I did for my dad, not so much for my mom, but I knew how to work and my dad. I, 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 I think girls know how to work you better than your sons. I oh think. yeah. I mean, <laughs> And, and we fall a little more prey to that, don't we? we fall, when they crawl up on your lap? Yeah, and they go like, yeah. <laughs> still, at this day, they still want to sit in your lap. It's like, you think, okay, what do you want? You know? I'm like, oh, Dad. But, but some of these things, perhaps we didn't. It's um, maybe that's the thing that as you as you look at things, there's 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 instincts that you have. There's like, um, you know, the woo woo stuff. You know that really is probably more real than what we think is the real stuff. And and you follow that more so than, you know, uh, kind of a, a way of, okay, this is what I figured out, this is how I'm going to do it, kind of more mechanical or more of a rigid way of thinking. I, I look back as I'm reflecting, I don't think I ever really thought we figured something out. We may have talked it over and said, hey, you know, I think this will be what's best, but... You know, have figured it out and then we implement it. I, I don't know if that's the way I did things, you know. Yeah. What would be advice that you would give if there's parents out there right now, especially dads, um, that are raising daughters? Like, what would be the advice? And again, it's trial and error. Every child's different. But if you could go back to, like, back to your yourselves back when you were raising us as children, as we're growing up. Like, if you had advice for dads raising daughters, like, what would you tell them? Can, can I go back to one one thing? Uh, oh yeah, for the sure. Last thing. Um, when when Amanda was little, um, I was only getting home one or two days a month. I hauled mm. hazardous waste most of my life to Arkansas and Texas from California. I'd go on milk runs, picking up spent chemicals. as a bomb on wheels. Um, <clears throat> she wasn't sleeping for quite a while, and I'd come home and I go, "What's up with her?" And Janet would say, "She doesn't sleep." I go, what's up with that? She goes, she's afraid you're going to die like her first dad. And I go, are you kidding? And, you know, I wondered about that the other day. I thought, why did I ever quit that job? And then I go, oh, that was it. So I went in and I quit. They go, why are you quitting? I said, you wouldn't understand. Wow. Man, sacrifice is See, love, to love is more than just, you know, climbing on your lap and stroking their head and giving them a big hug. That's 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 what love is. And I think I'm just going to sit over here and cry in the corner, okay? <laughs> if I guess I don't know, I, I the the question I could ask you back is how does somebody learn how to love? Because that's that's the important thing because as you look at it, you've mentioned a few times both of you that we were getting you to they love me, but they got me. They, they 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 pushed me to do something that I wouldn't normally do. And so, and the thought came to me as you said that, is that um, love is the key. You have to. You, if if you try to push somebody and they don't really feel like you love them, I think it's uh, a different experience. Than yeah. Then pulling somebody alongside mucking stalls. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, or yeah. It's, or saying, hey, you have to do this, and then we'll have the conversation. And when and then you do have the conversation, and you do things do happen. It's like, and I'm sure there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of things that 
you know that you were loved. It wasn't like you ever thought like, oh, my dad doesn't love me. I mean, you, mm -hmm. it, it's something that a, a person feels. So perhaps that's what those that, instead of trying to figure out, you know, a one, two, three, you know, checklist of how to do, you have to figure like, how, how do I, how do I really show, how, how do I show love so that they, they, you know, my children feel love. You know. Well, and how did you figure that out? If there are parents out there that it's like, okay, that, because I did, I, I, I instinctively always knew that I felt loved, but I've also talked to other people being raised that they didn't always have that instinctual feeling. How did you get to the point where it was like, okay, I mean, I know you loved me, and but if that's not innate or if people have a hard time showing it, how are you able to express that and to show that love? Was it just an instinctual thing? Is it something you thought about? Like, how did you get to that point where it's like, oh, yeah, this is how I'm able to show that love? Because I think that is a really good point. It's like you guys did these things because you guys loved us. And you both just seemed it was almost like you just kind of knew, oh, I love them. But, but I feel like both of you guys had a really good balance of being able to love. And there was a soft side, but there was also this and a firm side of like, hey, I love you enough to call you to your best. It's really the same side. It's no, there's there aren't two different sides. It's not like you're firm and then you're you're soft and cuddly. I, I guess firm and soft and cuddly could be two different sides. But love, love is right in. Love is part of it all. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. you don't. Uh, and I think that's the. That's the thing. Sometimes be, the idea that you have, you know, you buy somebody like you like to, you know, you like you like to. Get gifts. You think, oh, you, you know, like. Hey, guys, I'll call it out. I am. That, that is my love language. <laughs> I used to be really guilty about that. I feel but guilty that, about that one. But that isn't necessarily, for me, that's not really necessarily, you know, what necessarily love. But you think like, okay, she likes those. So you, you kind of, I guess you learn. That's the thing when you, is, is um, you kind of have to be a little awake, right? You kind of have to be a little bit aware of what's around you and your situation. And, and maybe, maybe. It gets to the question of how do you become less, how do you become like selfless, but not, you know, but, but don't forget the self. It's like those, those are the discussions that we, and it seems like we, everybody wants to, everybody wants to, you know, figure out or try to find a way to figure out. And it, it, there has to be some, there has to be, I guess it's a change that happens within you. Mm -hmm. and perhaps, perhaps these little things that you do that causes you to, be able to be aware of what's around you and that things are living and alive and and are have uh, light and energy and it's like in, and and that that the connections that you have with with them are important and not yeah. something just to mm -hmm. disregard like this is what I need to have this is what I have to have when you get outside of that you find that there's an incredible world because you look back yeah, Courtney, it's hard driving a truck, supporting, you know, you're doing work to support a family, but you're doing it, obviously, it seems like you, out of, because you're, you're sacrificing for others so that they can, you know, so that they can have the means they need to, to live and, and survive. And I think those are the things that are, um, I guess, I guess those are the things, I don't know if you figure them out as much as you kind of allow, um, uh, I don't even know the right the right terminology. Like you're saying, it's kind of hard to even describe woo woo or what it is. <laughs> but it's this ability to guys. I think connect. I think my dad's a little woo woo. Did you hear some of that energy <laughs> connection? Really? There's a little woo woo in there, guys. Ah. <laughs> you know the interesting thing is the other day you were you were talking about you were you were making discoveries as far as you know government things and you know and, and you were you said I'm going down the rabbit hole and all this other stuff and I just sat there and laughed like like oh my goodness it's like you know it's like. We've been doing it for 40 years. <laughs> and every once in a while, you guys will be open to a little piece of there. And so we kind of like just throw that in. And now all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, we're awake. You guys, what do you think? It's like, we're, like, we're laughing like, oh, man. So you finally, finally are starting Thanks to, for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> but We've been we down here having a tea party a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I think, you know, going back to the question of what would dads raising a daughter do, open a line of communication and have a safe safe time where mm -hmm. no judgment. But you know what? I've listened to your guys' podcasts and stuff, and it just, and it's all about, you know the song, Do You, Do you Hear What I Hear? Uh-huh. We don't all hear the same thing. 
I, I've taught defensive driving for years in, in semis. Mm-hmm. And I had to take every 900 people twice a year driving six hours in the classroom. And they'd go, well, why doesn't he get it? I go, people are like computers. Everybody processes at a different speed. And one of my favorite sayings is learning is not a, a complete circle. It's not a learning curve. It's a circle. And sometimes it's more than one time. I like that. Um, but I think open a line of communication to where, yeah, I'm dad, you're my daughter, but at this time, we go out on a daddy-daughter date. Yeah. We go mm-hmm. get ice cream. There's a safe space. Help me to understand, truly understand. I hear your words, but I don't understand. Yeah. And let me tell you what my point of view is on this, sub- whatever the subject might be. So there's always that safe space that you can interact with your dad and go let's go hash this out yeah so i can understand yeah and i do i can remember there being um drives that we would a lot of them would come we would be out early in the morning hauling hay and dad would dad would be out chucking hay up on the trailer with me and then from the drive from the field to wherever it was across the valley to where home was that I can remember having those types of conversations and it was a judgment free you can tell me anything and I'm there won't be a punishment there won't be a like I'm just here to listen and I've now implemented that with my own daughters and we call it the safety bubble mm-hmm. and they there are times that they will request hey mom can I get in the safety bubble with you and they know that anytime we are in that they get to say whatever they get to say There's, again, not a punishment. I'm just there to listen. And also, mom's going to manage her stuff. Because sometimes when you're going in, like, kids are saying things unfiltered, it can bring up your own stuff as a parent. Yeah. And so when we're in the safety bubble, mom is committed to managing her own stuff and just being there present with with the kid. Mm -hmm. And then then when it's like, okay, awesome, (laughs) out of the bubble, then I go manage my stuff. But... That first started in drives in an old green Ford truck with my dad. Okay, that's a big thing to say, though. How do you deal with it if your kid's telling you something and inside you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to freak out. This is not going to be good. I want to tell them that this path is literally, I know where this path goes or I know what they're saying. How do you get to the point where you manage that? Because I feel like that would be really hard. Especially as, let's... I'm going to stereotype, right, mm-hmm. a little bit, but especially for the dads in the room who men typically are programmed, like, I hear an issue, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Like, what do you do when you're hearing, like, your daughter say something and you're like, oh my gosh, I know where this leads, this is not going to be good. How are you able to still not jump in, fix it, get angry, or be like, no, don't do this, and try to control the situation? I don't think you always do it perfectly. No. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, wait... I hate that word perfectly, but I think I, <laughs> I, I, you don't know, you, you always could like, oh, I could have handled that better. I could have done, uh, you know, I could have been better at it because you don't always, sometimes you, sometimes I remember one situation with you, like when you, we were trying to, um, talk you out of something and it was like, you, you actually went into catharsis and, you know, it's like, and like, oh, I don't know if that went really good. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> You know, Gosh, like, I was very so, sensitive. <laughs> I took things very personally you, you sometimes. You were strong, and this is the way it's going to be. And you weren't going to. We we were trying to give you some you know information to to look at, and and you were. And so, I I think it's a learning process. That's the one thing I was going to learn is just you know you get you go in there and you're you're hopefully you're I think that safety that sounds like a great way. To, there's a you're, you're you're learning to understand one another and to. To, to see each other's point of view and to and to and, and like you said earlier we're trying our best just to do to raise our children you know mm-hmm. this doesn't always doesn't always go the way that you're expecting your but money but it seems like it seems like it seems like the child like you learned you learned some things like you, you, with with mom you know you were able to think like okay she's just trying to love me you actually had a space in which you could actually have some you know you you learned you learned some things even that she didn't intentionally try to teach you right you yeah 
No, it was definitely a beautiful space to be able to learn. But how is it, though? Like, because there were times you would try to say something to me. I wouldn't listen. And then I'm in the pain of just life that happens. How is that when you see your children in pain? I, I listened to your last podcast in the way, and, and something struck me that, you know, we talked about that safety zone. I think you've got to get something physical going mm-hmm. to get the emotions to run out of there. Because everything is is uh, spiritual before it's physical yeah. or emotional before it's spiritual or, or physical. So you can get that out of there. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can better decide, is that really what I'm ranting and raving about? Because now you've got physical stuff going on, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And I, I bet at that point, it's like dragging a horse to water to get you to do something <laughs> physical. Yeah, Just for so sure. you can get rid of that those tensions yeah well i think what what a great point too is like being able to like because we talk about this like physical movement does help the emotional movement helping to be able to get that out of your body and being able to move that emotion through so you're not going into a situation and like i'm charged and i have this emotion i got to do something about it and being able to do it because it's gas with the fire Uh uh-huh and and i didn't know that i mean i just realize it now but you go, okay, yeah, let's get rid of that gasoline, and then we'll try to put that. It's Now it's just a little small burning candle. Yeah. Yep. That's so beautiful. Okay, so before we wrap up this podcast, I want to go back to that one that one question. So for, for both of you dads, if you were to give advice to a new dad of a daughter, like, or even... If you were to go back and give yourself advice, what's like the one thing, like if you could nutshell it down, what's the one thing that you would say? Um, I would say live your life so that, so that, like you said, be in, in the moment that you could trust yourself. You could trust the, the feelings that came, came, came to you. So you could, uh, instead of listening to everybody else's advice, like what I'm giving right now. <laughs> That you could, you, um, you could trust um, the feelings that came from you, and be, and I, I think that's really, I think that's important. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, for sure. I would say, um, when that baby's put in your arms, um, return her just as perfect as she wants to be, and don't put my intentions on her. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I have one, this is more of a personal thing before, and then we'll wrap up right after this one question. I want to know how did you guys deal with it if you saw that maybe something that you did caused pain in like one of us as we get older? Was there guilt of being like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done that? Because I know you guys have probably both seen different things, and as we've been on our healing journey, sometimes like, yeah, we've gone through like, oh my gosh, this is when you did this, this is what it caused here, and it. You know, in an unconscious, it messed up my whole life or whatever. How was that? Is there any guilt that happened as you see your children as they get older and you look, they're interpreting situations differently than that you what you're intending it? Like, how was that watching us or any of your other children as they've gotten older? If there were things that they're now saying that this hurt me so deeply and it's affected my life and they are attributing it to being something that you guys have done, uh, parents have done. Is that hard? Do you take it personally? Or is it kind of like you've gotten to that point where it's like, well, it's your experience. I, actually, I think it's to be expected, right? Yeah, I think the, we're the, all the, messing it, up our kids. There's, <laughs> there's, a guy really like, there's a guy I really like. His name is Richard Rohr. And he says there's nobody that's... He just says, we've all messed up. We've all messed up our children in some way or the other. We just have to realize that. That we're going to pass on a little bit of our imperfectness to them. And so... Um, if you want to feel guilt, if it does something for you, I guess go for it. But it doesn't. My experience is it doesn't really doesn't really help that much. And to real and to realize that as long I think as long as you're still you're, you're still there, right? You're still committed. You still love them, and you're still working through things. It's uh, to realize that it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna end up good. I think. So yeah. don't 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 fret too much about all the stuff you've messed up. If you're still messing them up and you can correct it, I think then you, you, you need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny you hit on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, 
I texted Amanda the other day that mm-hmm. uh, I will no longer refer to her as a, a little, just a nickname, pet name that I used to have for her. You used to call me a squirrel. I used to call her squirrel. <laughs> and uh, I apologized for it. And she says, well, what if I like being called that? And I said, the body's listening. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I think that's one, you know... Um, it's funny because Howard, as you were talking, I was dad. I was actually thinking of that exact same text exchange that just happened either yesterday or the day before. Um, and that is one thing that I can appreciate about both of my parents um, is that as you know, we we connect in a different way, obviously now than what we did when I was being raised, and it, you know the the relationship kind of evolves. And both of my parents. Um, like acknowledge even even down to like little things like that and you know some of the things that my dad even acknowledged i'm like i don't even remember that like i don't even like i'm so sorry that you have been carrying that i don't remember that but um you know i i think it's a combination of both what howard said and then what my dad said of like yeah don't carry the guilt and then also if there's something to like acknowledge just acknowledge it like just just like an acknowledgement of like hey you know what maybe that wasn't you know, maybe I didn't handle that the best way or maybe, you know, like, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be some big, huge wallowing conversation, but just like the acknowledgement in conjunction with, and I'm not like not carrying this guilt anymore. I, I think is powerful. That's, that's good stuff, guys. Yeah. That's powerful. Unless you bring up horses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's. Thank you, my dad, Howard. Thank you, Vince. You guys, thank you for coming and being with us. Thank you for having these conversations. And, um, yeah, some really awesome. I love being able to hear the wisdom that's come out of both you guys. I'm like, oh, I can definitely see how even if I didn't see it growing up, you guys were kind of helping us be able to come on this path, even if it looked maybe different than what you were expecting. But I was like, lots of wealth of information and knowledge. So thank right. you guys for coming on today. Yeah, thank Good you. Good to be here. Okay. If you are wanting more information or to see what we are up to, check us out on Facebook or Instagram at the Sophrenic Collective. Have an amazing day.